this morning at verse 22. So this morning we examined the account of Christ's birth in verses 1 through 21 of Luke 2. And tonight we're considering the testimonials given at Christ's dedication just eight days after his birth when he went to be circumcised. And in Luke 2, verses 22 through 38, we see two people presenting testimonies of Jesus that reveal more about God's plan for his coming to redeem us and the joy that that should bring us through the testimonies of these two individuals. The first testimonial is that of the prophecies and also the godly life lived and given by Simeon. And then the second testimonial is Anna and her, the testimony of her life and the praise that she gives for the salvation, the redemption that Jesus is going to provide. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that you would help me to communicate your message from this passage of Scripture tonight. And I just pray that you'll encourage us through this as we see how excited Simeon and Anna and how long and how much they had looked forward to this event that we now celebrate every 25th of December each year. And Lord, I pray that we would have the same joy that they have as we look back and we see how this, these prophecies that they were looking forward to are fulfilled. And uh, now as we have even a greater picture than they did, the joy that we can have in you. And just to bless this time now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 22 of Luke chapter 2. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jesus to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle tubs or two young pigeons. So notice that before Simeon even appears on the scene here in Luke 2, these few verses here, as they take Jesus, that four or five mile journey from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. On the eighth day, according to the law, which was exactly what the law specified to be for every male to be circumcised on the eighth day, and furthermore, because he's the firstborn, there's a special sacrifice that they have to offer because the firstborn, firstborn belongs to God and they are redeeming him. They're offering this special offering according to the law. And the law is mentioned again further on in this passage. So Jesus is fulfilling the law through the obedience to the law of his parents. Even though Jesus himself is God, even though he's perfect and holy regardless, he is under the law in this passage. 
And that we have then, while he is fulfilling that requirement of the law through his parents, Simeon enters the scene in verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. I'll stop there for a moment just to consider the character of Simeon. Notice in verse 25, he's called a man in Jerusalem. He seems to have a reputation. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was a just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. So notice he is just, that word just is the same word that's used to describe Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, where it says Joseph being a devout, excuse me, being a just man, was not willing um, to, to make Mary an example, but was going to put her away privately. That same word was used of Joseph. Joseph was a just man, meaning that he's one that wants to do what is right. And Simeon is that same kind of man, and not only is he just, he's also devout, which also has the same idea of pious. He's faithful to God, worshiping God. And he comes to the temple as Jesus is being dedicated because the Holy Spirit leads him. He's waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's waiting for the Messiah to come. He's looking forward to that his entire life. Kind of the same idea of us today, looking forward to, in our lives, Christ's return. He was looking forward to Jesus' first coming. And on this day, and perhaps many different days, he may have come to the temple to worship, to pray, and is looking forward to the day where he, where he knows you know, the Messiah is going to be brought to the temple to be dedicated. And perhaps he, he's, he's, he's aware and thinking about that, but apparently, you see in verse 25, the Holy Spirit is upon him. And the Holy Spirit is the one who leads him at that moment to come to the temple and find Jesus and leads him not only to the temple, but to Jesus himself. You see verse 25, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. The Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. I know um, I tend to use those terms interchangeable just because the King James does use those interchangeable. It's referring to the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit. And verse 26, and it was revealed unto him, revealed to Simeon, by the Holy Ghost, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he has the faith. God has revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he's not going to die until he sees the Messiah. The Lord's Christ, that word Christ is the same word as Messiah. It's a Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah. Verse 27, and he came by the Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit's mentioned. Spirit is capitalized. Spirit referring to the Holy Spirit. 
into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, Jesus, eight days old, to do for him after the custom of the law. Here the law is mentioned again. They're fulfilling the law. Verse 28, then took he him up. So Simeon picked Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant. So he's referring to himself as God's servant. Referring again to the fact that he's a just and devout man. And he stands out in Jerusalem as such. And because of that character that he has, he makes a good witness. God chooses to put the following words in his mouth, two prophecies that he speaks concerning Jesus that, as we look down in the passage, is, gives Joseph and Mary a little bit more than they had even understood up to this point. They had heard the angel. Uh, Mary had seen Gabriel and received the message that she was going to, in certain words as we looked to, uh, at this morning, she was going to give birth to the Messiah. It was very clear and that he was the Son of God. With Joseph, we saw that last week as well. Even with the quote of Isaiah 7.14, Emmanuel, God with us. Very clear that their son was the Son of God, that he's the Messiah, and he's going to be the Savior who will save his people from their sins. So they know that, but they're even going to be amazed by the testimony now that this devout and just man, Simeon, speaks in the following verses. Look at verse 30. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And, and think about this, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Up to this time, God had mostly been revealing himself to his chosen people, starting with Abraham, and then narrowing down to Isaac, rather than the other sons of Abraham, Ishmael, and sons of his uh, wife after Sarah, rather than Lot or other people, Isaac, and then Jacob, and then we have narrowing down a little bit more to the line that Jesus would be born in, the line of David. And he reveals himself especially to Israel. And Israel was supposed to be a testimony, and yet they, they failed miserably. Time and time again throughout the Old Testament, we see that, that they failed to represent God to the world in the way that they were called upon to do. You know, to, to be a light, to show that God is holy. And yet they did have the picture for for themselves and for those who did convert to Judaism of the holiness of God and that they could not meet all the requirements of the law and that they fought, felt so often fell short of even the things that they could have fulfilled of the law. And they needed that, those, the sacrifices that they were offering. Even here we see sacrifices being offered at the birth of Christ. And yet all of this is about to be fulfilled by Jesus Dying, And this is going to be referred to here by Simeon. He's going to end up being, becoming that sacrifice that God had planned to give 
that all of the sacrifices are a picture of all the sin offerings, specifically. You know, this dedication here of Jesus is still a good picture, as well as, you know, giving uh, what that God has given to us, and we, we owe him our, um, not just our gratitude, but um, giving an offering to him. And look at the, the prophecies. The first prophecy here is the salvation that Jesus is going to provide and the fact that now the Gentiles are going to be given a light. And you're going to notice that Mary and Joseph are going to be surprised at this because the Jews, they tended to think of their Messiah as being just for them. It's for their benefit. They're going to be freed. A lot of them understood it politically that Jesus is going to be or that whoever the Messiah was, not even necessarily thinking of Jesus in particular, but later in his life, they were thinking of Jesus in that term, in that way, in that mindset, that Jesus is going to be their king, their Messiah, rule over earthly kingdom, free them from the Romans, you know, and be especially for the Jews. And yes, he came to the Jews. He'll even mention that himself later in his life. But here, with Simeon's prophecy, we see him looking far beyond He's looking beyond what most of the other Jews were thinking in terms of Messiah to the fact that Jesus was not just coming for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. He's going to be a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. It's because of Jesus, really, that Israel is of continuing importance, not just... Israel's not just important because of their history of Abraham and David and others and their history and the lessons we can learn from the Old Testament, but because one day Jesus is going to return and he's going to reign at Jerusalem and, the, and his people have that glory that the Messiah, the one who came to earth and died for our sins, was a Jew. This really harkens back to a prophecy given to Abraham that in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. How is that? It's through Jesus. It's through Jesus. That is the ultimate fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham that all the nations would be blessed in him. Meaning in one of his descendants, Jesus, the Messiah, he's going to provide a salvation that's not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. A light to lighten the Gentiles. And today, you know, a majority of Christians, a majority of believers that have found faith in Jesus and salvation are Gentiles. And look at verse, so he's the light, the light in the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. He's the salvation. And verse 34. And, oh, I'm going to back up. I'm jumping ahead here. A light to light in the Gentiles, verse 32. So verse 33, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Again, their Jewish minds are, this is news to them. A light to light in the Gentiles and the glory of all people. And perhaps they hadn't taken all the consideration in that their son is the Messiah. Yes, they've been told that by the angel. But now someone who they don't even know probably 
recognizes that their son is the Messiah and then speaks that prophecy concerning him being the light, the light in the Gentiles and the glory of, the, of his people, Israel. And so Joseph and Mary, they are amazed. They marvel at the things that were spoken by Simeon. In verse 34, Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. In other words, here, Jesus, some of the Jews are going to accept him as their Savior, as their Messiah. They're going to put their faith in him, and that's going to be the beginning of the church. But many are going to reject him. Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And it's ultimately, you know, every, every heart tends to proclaim his own goodness. Some will recognize and understand that, yes, they're, they're a sinner and they need forgiveness. But, but many today have a tendency to, to proclaim their own goodness and think, oh, I'm not so bad. Uh, I'm a pretty good person. I think God will let me into heaven. But Jesus is the only way. And ultimately, it's going to be that standard that we're already condemned, as John 3 explains, by our sins. And if we fail um, to believe in the Son of God, Jesus, as our Savior, and what He did for us as to redeem us, that, it, that we're already, already condemned. And uh, so this is an interesting prophecy that, si that Simeon speaks and blesses them and tells Mary, his mother. And verse And uh, in fact, Psalm 42.10 speaks of this. Psalm 42.10 says, As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? And one day, you know, he's going to hang on a cross and revile, and people are going to say, if you are the Son of God, come down off that cross. And yet he endures that for us. Verse 36, we see the second testimonial through Anna. Verse 36, And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, and she was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. 
Notice Anna is a prophetess and she's very old. She has been faithful to God and now God is faithful to her. She's of a great age. Um, you see her age given here. She had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, verse 37, and she was a widow of about four score and four years. So she's a widow for 84 years. So she's well over 100 years old. Verse 37, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayer night and day. So you see her faithfulness testified here. And because of that faithfulness, because of the character she has, she, as, along with Simeon, is going to be used by God to present this testimony of who Jesus is. Verse 38. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So she gives thanks to God. She doesn't have the long prophecy or quote from Psalms that, uh, that, that uh, Simeon had. But as a prophetess and as, some, as a faithful, woman, godly woman, she comes and she also blesses, blesses Jesus and the parents. And uh, this is the principle of, of two witnesses. In the mouth of, of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. And so she's really confirming what Simeon has and adding her thanks. And notice the words that look, notice that she is also going to be a testimony. She not only praises and recognizes that Jesus is Messiah, she tells all that are looking for a redemption of Jerusalem of Jesus. Look at verse 38. And spake of him to all them that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. And again, some people at this point in Jewish history, they're looking for a physical redemption, someone who to free them from Rome. But Jesus has come to redeem them from their sins. And when he stands before Pilate, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise would my servants fight. Although one day he will fulfill the prophecies of reigning in the, in the throne of David that we see at his birth, Gabriel telling Mary, one day he will, and we have that to look forward to in a similar way that Simeon and Anna looked forward to Christ's first coming. And they were so joyful when they found it. And that should bring us joy at Christmas as we look back and we see that Jesus did come for our sins. And he went on to live and, and you know, he, 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 he's perfect in every way. He's baptized, although he had no sin. He fulfills the law here, even through his parents here in this passage. And then he lays down his life and offers it as a sacrifice to redeem us from our sins. And... 
Notice that Simeon and Anna, it brought them great joy. This is something they looked forward to their whole lives, something that kept them faithful. They lived to an old age because they're looking forward to something. They had a purpose, and that was serving God. Simeon testified he's a servant of God. And Anna says, she, it says that she served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And in a similar way, we're servants of God today. As, as believers, we're each his servant. As he's bought us, he purchased us. We're not our own, but we're bought with a price. And we owe Jesus our gratitude, but also our service in our lives for him. And we can be the testimony... The kind, a similar kind of testimony as Simeon and Anna were. As she spake of him, spake of Jesus, to all them that looked forward to the redemption. Before he had even died on the cross, she's witnessing. You know, she's telling people of the Messiah who is born and testifying of that. And how much more now that we have the completed word of God, now that we have the fulfillment and we can look back the way that they looked forward to. Now, these are our Old Testament saints here. These are most likely Simeon and Anna. They die long before Jesus dies on the cross, and they, they don't live to see that death, burial, and resurrection. But they're looking forward to that redemption he's going to provide. And the limited revelation of God that they have, they have put their faith in. And because of that, they're in heaven today. And they give us still today, speaking through the word of God, this, these two testimonies of Christ and the redemption that he came and the joy that that gave them and the joy it should give us and the reason that the Christmas season is such a joyful time and that we can rightly celebrate the birth of Christ and, of course, not just at Christmas, but all year round. So again, we've looked at two testimonies in, in this passage, Luke 1, 22-38, that should give us joy as we recognize through their lives and words how great how salvation that we have in Jesus. First, we saw the godly character of Simeon, and that amplifies his testimony and can encourage us that because of his godly life, he stood out and was able to, to give that testimony and so, in a similar way, by imitating Christ, being a reflection of his character today, we can have that kind of testimony to speak for the Lord on, be, on his behalf. You know, to, this morning, we mentioned the shepherd, I mentioned the shepherds and how the angels appeared to them, but then they took the message. And in the same way, Jesus taught his disciples, and then they went out. They were given the Great Commission. And same for us today as believers, those who understand God's word, those who have put our faith in the gospel, it's now up to us to take that message the way that Anna does at the end of the passage, the way that the shepherds did at the end of the, the passage this morning. It's up to us to take that message and give it to the world in every way that we can. And Anna, we saw how she was faithful to God, and God was faithful to her. And we can trust, you know, these two Old Testament saints that don't have 
All that we have today in the, in the New Testament, all they had was the Old Testament. And yet they were able to see in the Psalms and in the prophets the coming of their Messiah and look forward to that. How much more can we study out God's Word today and look forward to His second coming and to, his, to the rapture of the church? Because you know, all the troubles that we go through, physical and emotional and, and, and the spiritual battles that we have to fight in this world, they're all going to, to have an end one day. And we have that to look forward to and to better understand how we ought to live and, and how we can be an encouraged and be an encouragement to others through God's word. Uh, any, any comments I know um, or, or questions? I know that uh, one of the things that came up in, in Sunday school last week concerning this passage that had me thinking as we looked at this passage is that um, when, you, when you take this passage and put it alongside of Matthew, the question that comes to my mind is apparently after they, they leave, the, the, the next verse, we'll look at this. Of course, I'll be studying this for next week's Sunday message on the wise men, but in Luke chapter 2, after verse 38, where we see Anna, we see verse 39. And when they had, referring to Mary and Joseph, performed all these things according to the law of the Lord, they returned unto Galilee and to their own city of Nazareth. There seems to be a gap there. And I believe that's in that gap verse th between verse 38 and 39, somewhere in that time, that I think that the wise men come. Um, after, um, he's, after Jesus is circumcised, after he's dedicated, after... Um, after Simeon and Anna, then the wise men, I believe, in that period of time. It could have been even within that first eight days, but I don't, I don't think so, because you see that dream comes and Joseph leaves. I, don't, I, don't, I definitely think it's after the eight days and uh, somewhere within that time. And then they go to Egypt and then probably are not in Egypt very long before verse 39, and they go to back to Nazareth. So interesting um, thing that came to mind when I was looking at this passage tonight and remembering our discussion in Sunday school last week. Right, any, any comments, any questions before we close in prayer? All right. Yes.